Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to Clear the Cash. I'm your host, Nate Liss. You can find me on Twitter at an outraged Jew. And with me once again is Jesse Bach. You can find him on Twitter at planet underscore fatness. We're going to start another streak, Jesse, getting the last name right, and it feels real, real good. You got it. Showing Matt how it's done. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping he's he's listening right now, just like the last show. <laughs> <laughs> It's in the long run, Jesse, it's not going to pay off for you to uh, pull arrows out of your quiver or whatever and fire them (laughs) in his direction, but that's quite fine. Um, So we got a, we got a lot of response after the last episode, had a lot of people reaching into the DMS. Uh, We got a couple of people in fact that were saying, Hey, I really wish you guys would talk more about some of the stuff that you're working on in your collection, what you're betting on. So those are some things that we plan to incorporate more into the show. I think that will help. Um, but it always starts at the top with something that's noteworthy or newsworthy. And Darren Ravel, who has become one of the bigger trolls to the industry over the past couple months here, um, since the hobby really got hot, is back again. Um, after an auction close that he used to his benefit, but there seems to be questions about this auction in general, Jesse. What's the story behind this, and what did Darren Ravel's tweet say? So the the, the auction that he was referencing to, um, which I, to his credit, the card has substantially dipped. I'm talking like this this card is less than a third or a quarter of the value that it peaked at earlier this year in like February or March. Um, And he's referencing the 1986 Fleer Michael Jordan PSA 10. Um, That card peaked at around 700 to 750,000, 738,000 to be exact in late January of this year. And for whatever reason, um, we can kind of go into this a little bit, a little bit more as we, as we kind of talk about the auction for whatever reason, uh, an owner of that card, I believe, had that card at PWCC in, in their vault, and they decided to do a random flash auction with that card. Um, and the and whatever the flash auction ended after however many days it was up on on eBay, and it sold for a little over one hundred and eighty thousand dollars. And that is, I, I understand that maybe you know, 700 plus thousand dollars, uh, from whatever it was before in the months prior to that January 31st sale, um, that, that peak sale, I understand in such a short amount of time that that card, you know, like five Xing, um, is not super healthy or sustainable. So there was room for regression, um, to the mean and 
but in, in terms of what the what the most recent sales have have done on that card in May and June, like we're we're talking, you know, that card was going for around like two hundred fifty thousand dollars or so, um, and all of a sudden it it goes for well below two hundred thousand dollars in a flash auction uh, through PWCC on eBay. So Darren Ravel, um, the Vegas Dave-like troll that he has been this year in the sports card hobby. Um, he sent out a tweet that said, new 2021 low was hit tonight on the 1986 Fleer PSA 10 Jordan rookie sold on eBay for $180,100 two sold on January 31st of this year for $738,000 each. Where are all those people guaranteeing this was going to be a $1 million card by year's end? Jesse, let me ask you a question though. Now, you and I had talked a little bit and Darren Ravel writes this tweet again, trying to you know validate a very anti-card industry vibe. But wasn't there some controversy about the auction that you're talking about right now? Very much so. Um, eBay done fucked up. I told you guys, I, I told you on the last episode, every time eBay takes one step forward, something happens where they just end up taking two steps back in the, in the process. So there were plenty of legitimate OG deep pocketed buyers who were paying attention to this auction just because it's not very often that you see a, a, an 86 Fleer Jordan PSA 10 just pop up out of nowhere on the random eBay auction. Um, just kind of as a side note, like I, 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 I told you guys, like you don't see this, you don't see these types of auctions come up out of nowhere on eBay with zero marketing. Like whoever was the seller of this card, whoever owned this card in the PWCC vault, they, I, I they could have been just super desperate for a couple hundred thousand dollars, but they should, they should be ashamed of themselves and probably, understand how to sell a card like that um you want as in order even even to to maximize your dollar value you want as many eyeballs on that card as possible and that's why you should sell with somebody like a golden it might take a little bit more time might take another week or two for them to to even start advertising for it but it, trust me it will be worth it even if you don't want to go with golden if you don't want to wait with golden there are plenty of other auction houses out there there's Heritage, there's Leland's, there, you can even submit it to a Sotheby's. I, I've seen Sotheby's offer up cards before for auction. Um, there are plenty of very high-end auction houses that will do an excellent job of trying to market that card as, as best and, and as much as possible for you to get maximum dollar for you because they, they want the card to go for as much as possible just because in that, in that sense, the buyer's premium that the buyer will have to pay the auction house will be higher. So they'll get more money too. So it's a win-win situation for both, for both the seller and the auction house. Um, but the, the whole controversy behind uh, this flat flash auction through eBay was that there were plenty of buyers who were not able to get a bid while the, while the auction was winding down. Um, some of those buyers were, uh, I don't know if any of our listeners also listened to, to another card show called Lucas Tigers and Bronze Oh My. Um, one of the co-hosts on that show, Cage Lawyer, went out on his show the day or the day after or two days after this auction ended um, to talk about some of the controversy. And he said, listen, guys, I just want to be straight up. I, I put in a bid myself for $222,000 on this card 
and I got an alert from eBay saying that to protect my eBay account, um, we are going to limit your ability to bid on this card for whatever reason. Um, and he, I, I've, I, I've conversed with him before. Um, he has, he, he's an OG in the hobby. He's been essentially more or less collecting his entire life um, for you know thirty plus years. And um, and not just him. I, I listened to an interview earlier this week, I believe, on Sports Card Investor. Uh, Nat Turner was on the show, and he he claimed that he even tried to put in a bid on that card. He didn't. I don't think he said a dollar amount, but it was at least two. I, I'm guessing it was at least two hundred thousand dollars. It was far more than what the card actually ended up going for, which was one hundred eighty thousand dollars. And just even besides this auction, I've seen other countless other people on Instagram who are very high-end basketball and football buyers who have gotten similar messages from eBay saying that their ability to bid on a certain card is restricted because eBay is trying to protect them. So Jesse, here's me putting on my tinfoil hat, right? We're, we're both putting on tinfoil hats. We're holding soup ladles. We're underneath our kitchen counter. We're waiting for this alien invasion. What is the, the conspiracy theory that is essentially being alluded to in a broad way here, what would be the reason? What would be eBay's reason for not wanting these cards to sell for more money? I mean, what what possibly could be the reason, if you had to pick one, for why people are getting this error message, essentially, or a problem with the bid? And we're talking about massive people with, with large sums of money that are well-credentialed. They're getting the same thing. Why do you think this is happening? Is it just an error in the system, or is it something else? That's one expensive ass fucking bug. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's very possible. It's it's very likely that it was a bug, um, but it's this is a very expensive bug. We're talking about hundreds of thousands of dollars at stake here, and I don't know why eBay would want to shoot themselves in the foot. Um, if if this is if this is uh, eBay's way of manipulating a market, and I'm not saying that they are, but if it was, this is one fucking galaxy brain way to do it. Um, I, I mean, I don't know. They like, there's, there's not much else I can say about this besides eBay needs to do better. Like there, there have been errors from other auction houses. Like even golden had, we, we didn't even talk about this on the show a couple months back. They like their site essentially crashed on the night of a very big premier auction of a lot of high-end cards that were, uh, that were, um, their auctions were ending that night. And honestly, they, they probably needed to do better too. Um, their 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 tech team probably should have taken measures to prepare for something like that. I don't know. I mean, tech stuff happens all the time. IT stuff happens all the time. Um, so I can't blame them too much. But I mean, shit happens. So it's very you know it's 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 very possible to to plausible that it was just a bug. Um, but I don't understand how people with such high uh, esteem in the hobby and obviously they're in good standing with eBay how they can just be denied bidding on a card altogether I don't I don't quite understand that um, I don't know just uh, eBay eBay needs to to fix stuff like this just because this isn't the last time I've seen this I've told you before there there are other accounts that there are very other well well-regarded and very highly esteemed accounts that I follow that 
recently they put on their Instagram stories that they've gotten this error themselves on other cards. So I, I'm not quite sure what's going on with eBay, but um, they, I mean, they really can't allow stuff like this to happen, especially with such high-end cards. I mean, the seller really is the one who got screwed here in the end, right? I mean, he could have gotten way more. The, so uh, yes, the seller did get screwed. The seller kind of screwed themselves. Like the whole, the whole choice of the, the, their whole idea of just putting this as a random flash auction through PWCC on eBay is just, I mean, that, that was just bogus. I don't know what they were thinking there. It's probably the worst way you could sell a card just because you're essentially getting no advertising even from PWCC this way, just because it's a flash auction. Like once you request a flash auction, PWCC has to honor it almost immediately or within a day. It's a very short amount of time for them to get adequate, um, adequate, you know, uh, coverage or, or any, like any, any type of media coverage or social media coverage for that card. Um, but the guy who really got screwed was the, was the buyer who ended up winning that card because they got that card for a great value. Um, I, I've spoken to people on, on the, um, on the, uh, clear the cash discord group that honestly, if, if I had to give my two cents on what the true value of, of that card is, it's probably somewhere in between. Um, I don't think it's $180,000. I think it's over $200,000. No problem. Um, it's not quite 730 or 740 K like it sold back in January one day can it can easily get back up there. Um, but I think it's probably somewhere in between the two, the two values, but it was just, people were very, in addition, um, to many, you know, high end collectors who were bidding in this auction, in addition to them getting this type of error in eBay, um, and with what the card sold for, like it was just it was way too fishy. Um, so like they thought the the whole the whole process was very fishy, and I don't even think eBay ended up, you know, keeping the sale or or or, or allowing the transaction the transaction to even happen just because that, you know, the, like something like this happened. There have been other Instagram accounts that that have pointed this out and that they kind of caused eBay to step in, namely card porn. Um, we've mentioned that account a couple of times. They, they called it out like the night of, or the night after that this auction ended. So just because they, they've been seeing, um, bid error, uh, messages for, from other, you know, high end collectors that, that they know firsthand put in bids for this card for over $200,000. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't know how even, even a company as big as eBay, um, I'm not, I'm not quite sure how they could, how they could make this happen. I, I, God, I, I like this kind of, this idea just kind of popped into my head. I really hope the, the winning bidder didn't have anything to do with this. Like, I don't know if they were some eBay executive that just, you know, kind of manipulated who, um, who can bid on the card and what they can bid for. Uh, again, that's like, that's super out there, but, um, I'm just kind of having fun with conspiracy theories now, but, uh, honestly, in the end, eBay just has to do better with this. Well, if nothing else, you're totally right. Should have gone to a bigger auction house, which is more designed to handle something of this size. And then secondly, I wonder if there's even an opportunity to dispute what's taking place with enough people referencing that, Hey, you know, I, I would have paid more if this art, you know, if this card was for auction and was available and this bid hadn't corrupted, because really eBay, 
eBay fucked this up big time. I mean, the whatever part of their system the glitch took place in, because you can search online, you can search these keyword terms and find numerous people purchasing a bunch of other stuff that are struggling to get bids through. So um, if it was isolated, it would make sense that it was, you know, maybe something that was, that was done personally um, with it being so widespread, maybe not. But then again, if I wanted to cover up my tracks, I'd do it everywhere. I would sprinkle it everywhere, and then I would just fuck them out of auctions across the board. But, Jesse, it's probably safe to say that this was an error uh, in multiple ways on eBay and on the seller for not taking it to a more you know grandiose and capable auction house. So crazy stuff with eBay, man. Not always the best place to take some of your nicest cards. And we do have some listeners on this show that have some very rare baseball cards, um, football cards. And depending on what your plans are, PWCC Golden, these ones are clearly more capable and more prepared to handle this. And they're doing it every single day. I mean, you can go look. They've got auctions running all the time with the biggest audiences. So if you want the most bang for your buck with reputable companies, those are the ones that you should look at. Jesse, I don't know if you've been watching any basketball in the playoffs since our last episode. People were incredibly elated to listen to you air out your Ben Simmons feelings. We had people respond on Twitter. I had DMs. People love that they finally got to hear the real Jesse. You know, we get this sports card Jesse all the time, but they just wanted the, the disheveled Philadelphia fan. And we got that in real time. And... I've got more questions for you about NBA, which of course leads me to talking about underdog and the pick'em games. Again, uh, they have multiple different games that you can play. There's an over-under game, which we have talked about. Pick whether a player is going to go over or under a given stat line in their game. We got a lot of galaxy brains in this group already, right? This should be easy money for you guys or do rivals pick which player between the two will have more of a given stat in their game. Great options out there. Again, not available in all States. Uh, use the promo code underworld, get $25 bonus cash for new players who deposit. It's a great thing to do. Jesse, listen, I've got a gentleman's bet with my, with a buddy of mine. I took Milwaukee. He took Atlanta Two games have been played in, in Milwaukee thus far. They're split one and one. If you had to guess how this series is going to end, is Trey Young going to make his way to an NBA Finals or is Giannis going to make his way there and validate those previous two MVPs? I I can't see the Bucks losing, but I think the Hawks will actually give them a run for their money. I, low key, the, I think this series can go to seven games. Um, but if, if that happens, I can't see Milwaukee um, losing in Milwaukee. Um, interestingly enough, I, I was looking at a, like a playoff PER. We've we've referenced that metric on um, on previous shows, just talking about talking about modern basketball. And ironically enough, like the last couple of games that Giannis has played, I I didn't even look at his game one stat line in this series, but in the last couple of games against uh, Brooklyn. And he's been he's been shooting like his field goal percentage is very much improved. Um, his free throw shooting has been improved. Um, but even so, ever since he, uh, I, I guess, took his game to the next level and, and started entering the MVP conversation um, before even before he actually won, this is actually his worst postseason uh, per wise, which is very interesting. Um, I think that that. 
his his earlier struggles in the playoffs, um, maybe after after the first uh, the first couple of games in, in the first round, and even early on in the Brooklyn series, um, they definitely accounted for that. But he's dude, that guy's the real deal. Like I really I I wish I can't believe I'm bringing up Simmons again, but <laughs> but um, I the the thing with Giannis is that when even when he struggles. Dude, that guy makes up for it by being aggressive. Like he just you you if if he's playing pissed off at himself for missing however many shots he misses or just getting outplayed, dude, that that guy will not let anybody stop him from getting to the basket. He's just he 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 plays pissed off when he knows he's not playing well, and that actually causes him to play better. So, I think that'll that'll kind of be his his mo in the long run that, that'll kind of help his his prices in his card prices in the long run and his um i guess his, his career in the long run and and you know when all is said and done that that this this is kind of going to be what he's known for in the very end so um but in terms of this series uh i this might not be even the last blowout that we see but i i think i think i, I can see them splitting uh another game in Atlanta um, or splitting games in Atlanta. And then it, who knows, maybe it'll just go, you know, whoever, whoever has home court, they'll win, they'll win each of the games. So I'm, I, I see the bucks winning in either six or seven. And, um, and I, I think you took the right side of, of this, uh, of this bet with a buddy. I, I feel good about it myself. And this makes me reflect back to a quote from James Harden from last year about Giannis. Do you remember this, this quote that he said about him, he was being interviewed and he, uh, Giannis's name comes up and James Harden momentarily later goes, I wish I could be seven feet run and just dunk. That takes no skills at all. I, I got to actually learn how to play basketball and how to have skill. I'll take that any day. And to hear Harden talking bad about Giannis, I mean, Giannis is, Giannis is still really finding himself too. Like, in this offense, and you know, I keep hearing uh, potential trade rumors. If Milwaukee was to have imploded last round, you know, if they hadn't made it out in that game seven, that there might have been a trade. Maybe CJ McCollum goes that direction. We see a swap of play. There was a lot of conversations, not Giannis necessarily, but so it seems like this team is based on how well they're playing now. If they advance to the NBA finals, this is a team that is certainly going to stick around for a while. And Giannis is 100% the real deal. I mean, I totally agree with you, we, especially seeing him play now. And I think his stat line the other night was 11 for 19, ultra efficient. They won by like 35 points. But when when you've got that guy and you can give him a game to rest like that where he's not you know killing himself for the entirety of the game, I'd be scared if I was Atlanta. Like, you can't give Giannis a night off. Not at all. And I... With in in response to to Harden's quote last year, dude, this is I mean we we understand the game right now is is so different than how it was played fifteen or twenty years ago. Um, when you know you could you could have Shaq as your as the superstar of your team, you can't really have that anymore. But the fact that they have Giannis as the star of their team, that's like that's like the ultimate zag in. In, an, in the league right now, like what other team has has a player like that as their star right now? No, nobody. And I mean, I think his his three point shot, it will improve with time. Um, but I mean, 
he's not giving up on his shot. Yeah, it's not the prettiest shot you'll ever see. Um, I'm sure he'll work on it, and it'll get better throughout his career. There have been countless of other uh, superstars. I'm sure we mentioned on the last show that you know they had broken shots or, or they they just weren't shooting very well uh, percentage wise. But Giannis is the t- he's the type of guy that I, I know within I don't like within the next couple of years. I'm I'm sure his his shooting struggles um, will be fixed. But it's just so crazy that the way that he plays in today's NBA can still be so dominant. That's what's so impressive. Like he doesn't have to rely on He doesn't have to rely on a three point shot, which is just, that blows my mind. And like, if, if anything, that just makes his game that much more impressive to me in today's game. He's unstoppable, Jesse. He's truly unstoppable. And I'm with you. It's why I took Milwaukee. I believe that they are going to play for a title this year. So I feel like my money is safe. Here's where my money doesn't feel safe, Jesse. This is where I'm a bit nervous. We talk about a guy that presently is one of the greatest in the game. Now I want to transition to a guy that at one point was arguably one of the greatest in the game. He's not dead yet. But in most fantasy gamers' eyes, he is absolutely toast. By the way, have you seen the movie uh, Mission Impossible when they're testing out the this this voice sensor and he's using the word toast. Do you know what I'm talking? Have you seen this? Tell me, I'm, I'm dating. It, it's it's you, you're a little bit, but um, it's been a long time since I've seen it, so I'll have to. Wow, you really should go back. I also confess because I've confessed on other shows before. Uh, Mission Impossible Five. I don't cry about anything, Jesse. I don't ever cry ever. But Mission Impossible Five, for whatever reason. Right at the end, there's a scene at the very end. You guys, go back and watch it. There's a scene at the very end. And if it doesn't tug at your heartstrings just just the tiniest amount, then you're just completely dead inside. And I thought I was dead inside. It felt good. To, I was like, what's going What is this? Is this rain? What just let it, it, let it out. Somebody, yeah, after, after years, years of not crying. Yes. Like your whole life of so not crying. So much blockage. I just let everything build up in there. And I'm like, don't let it through. And it just like a little came through. But... Jesse, of course I'm talking about A.J. Green. Obviously. Why would I bring up Mission Impossible and not shoehorn it back to A.J. Green somehow? Very clearly, the two parallel in zero ways. But A.J. Green, Jesse, you had asked me off-air, we were texting back and forth probably a couple months ago, whether or not A.J. Green's trajectory at this point or even prior to it was that of a Hall of Famer because Calvin Johnson is... You know, Hall of Fame caliber, Hall of Fame player. And Julio Jones will very clearly be in the Hall of Fame. A.J. Green had a prolific career going from the start to sort of an odd period where an injury took him off of his course in which he was going to have seven consecutive seasons of over 1,000 yards. He misses it by about 36 yards. Jesse, if I had to ask you, you had to pick yes or no, is A.J. Green going to be a Hall of Famer? That might be one of the toughest questions you've asked me on the show. Um, no, but he is closer than people think. Um, just because what I've I've referenced to before, and this has actually helped me in in kind of curating some of my um, some of my wide receiver collection. And if you guys have either followed me on on Twitter or on Instagram at Flippity Flip Cards, uh, you'll see a, a lot of my posts are wide receivers that I I've been wanting to collect for some time. 
um, namely, uh, I've, I've started expanding a little bit more into maybe maybe more of the goats, but um, as of now, I've mostly been collecting Julio Jones, Calvin Johnson, DeAndre Hopkins, and a little bit of prospecting with AJ Brown. But um, one of the websites that I that I use to reference in terms of maybe kind of, sort of like an all time great factor or calculation. Um, is Pro Football Reference's Hall of Fame Monitor calculation um, or Hall of Fame Monitor score. And it's actually a pretty valuable and very complex metric um, that you can kind of dig into dig into their website and see what actually goes behind each score, each, each individual statistical score on the website and or for each player. And then they... Um, they kind of combine all, all of the scores, all of the players' career statistics into one Hall of Fame potential score. And AJ Green is his score right now, his Hall of Fame monitor score is at 43. And the lowest score that has a, a, a that a wide receiver has who is currently in the Hall of Fame is Tommy McDonald, and his score is 55. So AJ AJ Green still has a, a little ways to go. Um, he could probably improve in the touchdown department a little bit. He has 65 career touchdowns. Actually, it's actually not not too bad, and, and rather um, that's that's rather Hall of Fame worthy. But he's at 9,430 career receiving yards right now. If he can get 1,600 yards, if he has like three years left in him, if he can get at least 1,600 yards just to get to 11,000. I think he has a shot to the Hall of Fame. It's it's that for me personally, it's a matter of if he can get 1600 yards for the remainder of his career. And I mean, it can't be like, you know, he can't play for, for seven years and then just get like, you know, 300 a year. That's probably not going to be looking very good. It might be impressive statistically, but I, there's even, even to get into the Hall of Fame, you need some sort of like, uh, I don't know, there, there needs you need to show some sort of efficiency and that's obviously not very efficient, but um, in terms of whether or not he can actually get in the hall of fame, it's, it's closer than people think. It just really depends on what he can do, at least in Arizona and wherever else he goes. Jesse, you're a big fan of Deandre Hopkins. And by this same metric, Deandre Hopkins is a 46.6, 600 more receiving yards, roughly than AJ green over the course of about the same amount of games, more receptions for Hopkins. I don't know what to do with A.J. Green. I will say this. What's really funny about this metric is Jerry Rice is an absolute fucking runaway at the number one position with a 311. The number two is Randy Moss with a 149. He's got him beat by 162. I think whoever whoever says Randy... I love Randy Moss, too. I'm starting to get into Randy Moss cards like hardcore right now, low-key. Um, but... Whoever says Randy Moss is the goat, like they don't know what the hell they're talking about. Well, you've got you've got eight guys. You've got eight guys with over a hundred touchdowns. Okay, you've got eight guys with over a hundred touchdowns in their career here. All of them have one fifty six and below, minus Jerry Rice, who has a hundred and ninety seven. The fucking guy played forever, three hundred and three games, man, three hundred and three games. Almost 200 career touched. Like this is, this is, I mean, 
is honestly, I've heard people say that Jerry Rice is the goat of football. And I'm tending, I'm, I'm kind of starting to agree just because, I mean, I, I understand a quarterback is, they, they have the most, um, they have the biggest contribution to a, a team's success, whatever. Um, and Brady's won seven, seven Super Bowls, but just in terms of individual raw talent and statistical prowess, it's so hard not to not to label Jerry Rice as as the as football's goats. I, I mean, think about this. Okay, age thirty nine, age forty, Jerry Rice. You would you would fucking die for this fantasy production. At age thirty nine, he has what. 83 catches for 1,139 yards and nine touchdowns. Then at age 40, 92 catches for 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns. Between age 39 to age 40, he put together 2,350 yards and 16 touchdowns. I wish we had video on this episode because my, holy shit, my jaw dropped. That. Like, what the fuck? I mean, this guy, unbelievable. Like, absolutely unbelievable production. So, I mean, that 311 is pretty justified. I mean, now that, you know, you look back at like the career production, the age adjusted production again, of course, you know, Randy Moss is way up here with receiving yards with, you know, 15,000. You've got Larry Fitzgerald, who's at 17,500, which is still about 6,000 short of Jerry Rice. That's wild. And, and in terms of the, the number of seasons that he's played too, Jesus Christ. I mean, that's there. There are. Uh, I think the only more shocking statistic I think I've ever seen in sports is um, there was one season in the in the '80s when Gretzky was still on. He was still on Edmonton. I think in one season he had something like two, somewhere between two hundred and two hundred and fifty points in a, in one single season, and he, I think that year he had like one hundred and seventy assists. So he was getting like three, like three assists a game. <laughs> like it was just, it was, it was, compl- it was just nonsense. Like it, it that Jerry Rice having over almost 23,000 career receiving yards, over 1500 receptions and almost 200 career touchdowns. That's just, that's like probably the second most impressive stat I've, I've ever seen in all of sports. It do, It's not even real. And it brings me back to AJ Green it makes me really, really, really sad because <laughs> AJ Green is currently sitting at 9,400 yards at 32, 33 years old. Hasn't looked the same for two or three years. Has had a bit of an injury history as, as long as he's been in the league here and there, but been healthy for the most part. It's going to be a real struggle for him to make his way into the Hall of Fame. With that being said, Jesse... I have the leading bid on about 19 different AJ Green cards out there. And as I told you off air, there, there's nothing like it. Take whatever the most packed grocery store or department store that you've ever been to is like on those days when you're like, I don't want to go. And then imagine you're like, I God damn it. I really need, you've got this important thing tomorrow and you really need this this fucking shirt. I don't know. A button-up t-shirt. Okay, that's what you need. And you got to go to the men's warehouse or the women's warehouse because we got a diverse audience and you want to go there, but you don't want to go because it's going to be a complete shit show. Well, it would be like going to the store 
on the most off hours you've ever seen when nobody's there. And you're like, wow, this is amazing. That's every single AJ Green auction right now. Literally pick a fucking card, put the absolute minimum bid on it, walk away, go to your mailbox in a week and it's going to be there because literally nobody's bidding on AJ Green, which makes me nervous because I put in an offer for one of his better cards out there and I don't want it to be a coaster in five years, Jesse. I mean, uh, on, on the plus side, um, this card, th- this card that, uh, that you've put an offer on it, you know, if it was his, his fellow draft mates card, Julio Jones, um, this would, this card would honestly be going for 10 times, at least 10 times, if not 20 times the amount that, that you put in your offer for. So I'm sure when all is said and done, people will appreciate AJ Green's game, um, his injury history from I don't even know what seasons 2015 on something like that. Um, it's obviously a, a, a big blemish, but I mean, who knows? I, I don't I don't know how you know the the number two wide receiver chair in Arizona is you know relatively wide open. Um, I don't know. Is it though? I, it, 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 yeah. I mean, is it though? Aren't we? I've. Dude, I, I've I've been a Christian Kirk dynasty holder since 2017. I'm I'm just about giving up, giving up there. If if he can't do it this season, then then he's he's just about done. Rondell Moore is another story. Um, but yeah, I mean, the, someone someone's got to emerge as the number two there. So I'm looking at contracts currently, and right now it looks like AJ Green is shockingly going to make less this year than many of the rookies in this class, and. I, you know, what? I don't know. I mean, if it if it makes people uh, if it makes people incredibly nervous about ownership, I have no idea. It doesn't matter. The point is, he's not making as much as the top receivers in the league. So I question what his real role in Arizona would be. He's super cheap. He's been productive a majority of his career, highly productive. But when you look at this offense in Arizona, it's loaded. But it's loaded in a weird way. Christian Kirk. Hello, what? when's this going to work out? Andy Isabella, fart noise. When's that going to happen? Rondale Moore, we really hope they got it right this time. DeAndre Hopkins is a guarantee. And then you've got A.J. Green. And right now, A.J. Green is slated as opposite outside wide receiver to DeAndre Hopkins, which would make sense. I could see it. I mean, he's a savvy veteran player, and he probably still has something left in the tank. I do believe that he does, right? I was just going to say, um, I mean, in the last, what was it, last year, did he just sit out the, the year or was it the year before? I, I can't even remember anymore. But do you really think he gave it, like, or whatever, he was injured and then he kind of just didn't want to return, right? So, like, even in the last two years, do you really think he gave it his all in Cincinnati after playing with God knows who at quarterback for the last, like, nine years, Andy Dalton for the last eight or nine years? Um, I think he was just kind of sick of being there. Um, I don't know. Like maybe he just needed, he probably needed a new start years ago, but I mean, he's got it now. And I, I, I can't imagine being, I, I can't imagine going to a new team and being any more motivated than you could be with the Arizona Cardinals right now. And if this is a year, if, if there is a year that the Cardinals could very easily win the division, it's got to be this year. Like, the, when has AJ Green actually been? When has he had a real shot of getting a Super Bowl ring? 
one year, or at least even just going to the Super Bowl, like just something. Like he's never had any shot in his whole career um, because of Andy Dalton and Marvin Lewis. So if there's if there's any year to turn his career around, it is this year. Um, it's just a matter of like I if the motivation's there, if the motivation is there, then uh, the health's got to be there too. Hopefully. I mean, I, I don't want to make excuses for him, but the quarterback play was not good. I mean, he's had Andy Dalton, and Andy Dalton has finished as a top fantasy quarterback a few times in his career. The other thing about A.J. Green, he's got three top 10 finishes in fantasy in his career, and I know that in terms of Hall of Fame inductees, that doesn't really mean shit, but you got to put a little respect on the name of a man who's finishes the wide receiver 3, 4, 8, and 10 over his career of course, outside of that in some other cases, but, and with Andy Dalton. I mean, for fuck's sake, it's Andy Dalton. <sighs> All right, Jesse. I, I feel I feel better, but also worse. Also, my card got declined. So, okay. <laughs> uh, so we've got some patron questions as we typically hit up on this show. If you guys want to add a question to a jump into an auction hunter thing, join our community, patreon.com forward slash I'm outraged. Uh, I heart Che says, what are the best card shows on the East coast in ACC country? I live in Virginia and would love to go to the national. Not sure if it's plural or not, but the way my coins are set up, it's looking like that might be a trip for next year. Jesse, do you know anything about, about the shows over there? Um, to be honest, I, I, I pay more attention to, to the shows in my area. And luckily I I'm only, I'm only, uh, you know, within an hour drive of, of even like upstate New Jersey and New, New Jersey, they fucking love sports cards. Like there is a show every single weekend, just about. Um, so if I'm if I'm ever bored, I'm not working one weekend and just you know I have a bunch of time on my hands, I might just swing over to to random show up there. Um, the uh, the Philly show that I just went to um, last week or two weeks ago, that uh, I think that show happens at least three times a year, if not four. Um, but it seems to be like a seasonal show. Any other shows around that area? Not that I know of, but, uh, all right. So good, very good Instagram account to follow. Uh, hopefully you have Instagram. Um, there is one guy who puts out as many shows, upcoming shows in every part of the country as possible. Um, every single week. Um, the, the handle is at the show locator. So, um, that's a very underrated account to follow just because I've, I've looked at his, at some of his posts the day before there was actually a show like 15 minutes from my house. Like it's, it's just, yeah, it's, it's probably one of the better accounts to follow on all of card, uh, sports card, Instagram. Um, but other than that, other East coast shows, it seems like Miami is going to have a, at least an annual show or biannual show. It's going to be a big one that I'm going to try to make my way down to at least once a year. Um, other shows. Yeah. I mean, honestly, your, your best bets probably just either simple Google search or, um, or keep an eye on what, uh, the show locator posts on Instagram. So because the listening audience has heard this guy's name before he does put some context to the name and I'm realizing that I should be saying it differently. So I've been saying I heart pho che. He says, also my name comes from the Vietnamese soup pho, right? Isn't that the pho? 
And the Che part of it, it just indicates it's vegan or vegetarian. Went vegan a few years back, and that dish helped me from quitting after a week. Now I'm addicted. Love the show, fellas. Thanks for the content. So it's I Heart Pho Che, and I'm going to correct that in the future. And I apologize for getting that wrong as many times as I did. And going forward, I'm going to be better. I swear it. Now, Brady Miller has a question. And Brady asks about the value of defensive players and offensive linemen and whether we have any high-end defensive cards. Um, he says, I've got some gold defensive players, Darius Leonard, Tristan Wirfs, Otto. Uh, what can make these cards go up in value, he asks. Uh, a Hall of Fame induction. Um, and all-pro, first-team all-pro for multiple multiple seasons. Like, I'm talking like, uh, Marshall Yonda plus, um, in terms of an offensive lineman. So that's, that's going to be tough to tough for that card to, to appreciate with time. But on who like that, that draft, uh, the draft that Tristan Wirfs was in had ridiculous offensive linemen. So it, it's certainly possible. It might be one of the better offensive lineman drafts of all time when all said and done. Um, in terms of defensive, defensive players are actually kind of interesting. Um, a lot of them don't, carry a whole lot of value as time goes on but i've noticed for the all-time defensive players they do so i'm thinking i I mean this is like you know well down the road in terms in terms of where they're at in their careers but Deion sanders is super collectible right now um who else lawrence taylor is very collectible like his his rookie card is pretty sought after It, it saw a crazy all-time high back in 2020 and, and last last uh, summer summer of 2020 when pretty much everything was on fire but uh that you you could have made a, a good amount of money just investing in him even for a short amount of time back then uh but his their their types of cards they'll their rookie cards and even Deion sanders he uh, he had the fortune of playing in the 90s when and the 90s are by far they have the best inserts and parallels of all time it's not even close um, with those cards. So Deion Sanders is also super collectible, but even guys that are very relevant today, um, like we mentioned pre-show, uh, even somebody like, like JJ Watt or Aaron Donald, I think, uh, Aaron Donald has a legitimate shot to be the best defensive tackle of all time by the end of his career. Um, I don't, I don't think it's that bold. And J.J. Watt is just somebody who, I mean, in addition to his dominance in the game, he he does a really good job of staying relevant and super fan friendly. Um, like every everybody loves J.J. Watt. I'm sure other people in the AFC AFC South when he was with the Texans, I'm sure other fans like at least respected him. Like he's just he's a very lovable guy. Um, his his sound bites are freaking hilarious if you see him on like sound effects or something mid season. Um, and he, it seems like he's in a new commercial every other week. So I think he's going to do a good job of staying relevant for the rest of his career. He's probably going to play his ass off in Arizona. He's going to be an enormous impact on their defense. Um, and when all is said and done, I mean, he's a, he's a very sharp guy. I've seen him, uh, go on, uh, sports analysis shows and I can't even rule out a, a career in color commentary in the future when, when his career is over. So I think he's going to do a good job of staying both entertaining and relevant. Lastly, Jesse Stan, who was one of the people that I sort of uh, sub-mentioned earlier about having a ridiculous set of high-end, older baseball cards, asks, what is the plan for those Jeters? 
Jesse, what should I do with these Jeters? What do I do with all these? I have too many Jeters now. Now I have too many Jeters. That's that's probably one of the best problems uh, to have. So, if in terms of of the two you showed me uh, off air, you're realistically probably looking at around a PSA seven or so for them both, which that's, you know, that's not terrible. They still go for a couple hundred dollars. I would wait to grade them though, just, just because subbing them to PSA right now, doesn't make sense if you have to pay $300. Um, and even when PSA opens back up, it's, it's going to be tough to, to see an option uh, that much below like a hundred dollars a card. So it's, I, I would probably hold off on some, on submitting the ones that, that you found it, when, you know, when your dad oh, made a set for SPs. you and your brother. Yes. Yeah. 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 The SPs. Um, and, uh, and the one that you just picked up dude. that, that one looks pretty sharp. I, it, it's honestly up to you when you want to submit it. I wouldn't even, I don't even think it's that far fetched to submit it right now. Express or super express at the $300 level. So, I mean, that, that card looks very sharp. I, I, I can't even remember, like, there was maybe one corner that had like a little, a little bit of softening, but dude, that though, those foil cards are super, super condition sensitive. So I, you know, it is what it is, but even, you know, even an eight or like even a BGS eight or BGS 8.5, they go for a pretty decent amount of money. Jesse, I need life changing money though. I need, I need house money. Jesse, what do I do? With this card, can I can I take it to a back room and comb it out flat, fix that corner, then submit it? I'll, I'll alter it. Yeah. basically, <laughs> is, that yeah, exactly. is that what you're saying? Yeah, alter the card. Um, yeah, I, I I would probably go against doing that okay. just because um, the graders at BGS and PSA are very very sharp at spotting altered cards. Um, so even if even if like you just kind of shave off a little like a, a millimeter of a corner, um, and it just looks a little too like a little too nice, but the grader can tell that there was something still originally wrong with the corner just because they've seen so many of these cards. Um, they they can you know they can slab it, but it, it might say altered or just not slab it at all. Still charge you and then just ship you the card back. I, so. So you're saying like don't don't use my greasy barbecue tongs and a hair dryer to try to get this corner reshaped. I would I would uh, refrain from that for the time being, especially with uh, with altered cards being uh, a hot topic in the hobby for probably the last uh, like ten years. So okay, so barbecue sauce, Texas barbecue sauce on the card, bad idea. Okay, got it. Uh, Jesse, I think that concludes our goals for today. Uh, with the questions that we received, plus some of the stuff that we shoehorned in here that I did not think was going to go the direction that it did. I actually feel better about my uh, denial of this AJ Green card purchase. I'm probably still going to up it in the event that we see a resurgence and AJ Green plays till age 39. Who's to say? He probably won't, but I'm. But you can you can wish. You can be hopeful about it, Jesse. So uh, get out there, buy your AJ Green cards. It's a wide open market. You can literally have any of them that you want. It's a free square. Um, 
And otherwise, uh, check out Patreon if you guys want extended coverage. And hopefully Jesse and I can break some really exciting news for you over the next couple of weeks. We've got some really, 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 really exciting stuff that we want to drop on you guys that I think will change your universe as well as ours. Um, and we will probably get to that over the next handful of weeks. Otherwise, we'll see you guys next week on Clear the Cash.